Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's an NFC South conversation, and we get things started with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we pop on out to the KDOS hotline. Joined by J.C. Allen from PewterReport.com. J.C., as always, we appreciate the time. It's Bob and Kayla. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. We got a football game this Friday. Training camp in full swing. Football's back with more for you out for. Huh. Good point there. Uh, first of all, I want to start with here the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No Tom Brady. Uh, so, what have you noticed about how camp feels different without Tom for the last couple of years? Has anything Tom brought to camps previously? Style, attentiveness, has any of that carried over to this year's camp without him, or is it Tom Brady's gone and and we're doing new things uh, differently now? Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of energy in the building um, that wasn't there. And that's not to say Tom didn't bring energy, but the new offensive coordinator they brought in, uh, Dave Canales from Seattle, he's a very positive, upbeat guy. You can just tell there, there's a lot of excitement around the offense he's bringing. It's a more updated offense, uh, as you guys know, uh, with B.A. And, and Byron being there in Arizona. Um, the offense that they were run is kind of a little bit old school, antiquated compared to the new style of offenses that are running around uh, in the league. So there's definitely a lot of energy guys. Um, you know, they're, they're itching to make a name for themselves as the Buccaneers, you know, the last couple of years. And don't get me wrong, guys, are definitely grateful for the time with Tom. have definitely carried over some of the things they've learned with Tom. But it was Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, right? And Tom is gone, and now this team is looking to establish an identity for themselves. Um, they feel like they have a lot of good pieces intact in still. Uh, sure, they did lose Tom, which is the greatest football of all, football player of all time, which is a big loss. But they still feel really good about the situation and the players and the staff they have there in place. Um, and you can feel that energy, the new energy in the building. And it's, it's definitely been a little bit of a different of a field training camp for sure, um, but in a positive way, not a negative one. Now the quarterback uh, position is between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. I actually just saw Trask on SportsCenter here a few minutes ago. Has either Mayfield or Trask stood out in, like, I guess almost two weeks of training camp? You know, I think when you look at this competition, and that's what it really is, a competition, what offensive coordinator Dave Canales is bringing is the same thing you brought in Seattle when he had Drew Locke and Geno Smith going wire to wire. And so, pretty much, you know, that last preseason game before they announced the starter. Um, it's bringing the best out of both of these guys. And you're seeing, obviously, Baker Mayfield with the experience over 60 games started, brought him to the playoffs, um, you know, set the rookie record for touchdowns when he when he came into the league. Um, but he had dealt with some injuries. And get this, uh, Todd Bowles is his eighth head coach and Dave Canales is his seventh offensive coordinator in the short five years that he's been in the league. So he's had to overcome wow. a lot. <laughs> So they're both learning a new system, picking it up pretty well. Um, Kyle Trask, no experience other than some garbage minutes last year in the season finale against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So he's really just kind of getting his feet wet, um, really limited reps throughout his career with Tom Brady there and playing Gabbard as the number two. So he's really shown a lot of improvement as far as decisiveness, as far as getting the ball up. He's slimmed down a bit, and he's actually – you know, the, the note on Trask coming out was he's more of a pocket passer. He's actually doing these boots and waggles and, and really kind of getting out there, showing off some athleticism that, you know, quite frankly, I didn't know that he possessed. So 
Um, I, it's been back and forth right now. Baker has thrown more interceptions than Trask. It's been a about a seven eight to two ratio for Baker and Trask. But you know, we don't get to watch the practice film. We don't know the plays being called. And one of the things that's really cool is they're doing because Dave Canales is the first time offensive coordinator, first time play caller. Uh, Todd Bowles is running these call it live periods where they're literally calling the defense and the offensive live, um, and it's helping the guys get. It updated and up to speed on the playbook. It's giving uh, Dave Canales reps. And, and, again, we don't know what they're calling there. So how much of it, of these interceptions are, you know, wide receivers being in the wrong place, him taking chances because it is practice, or just bad decisions, not really sure. But I would say that the competition's definitely tightened up. I still think it's Baker's job to lose or to win, whichever way you want to look at it. But um, so far, I think the Bucs, if they can get one of these guys to see a game manager, point guard type player to direct the offense and limit turnovers, I think they'll be in a good spot. JC Allen, pewterreport.com, having a conversation with us here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When it comes to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I can throw in Russell Gage, too. They're all still on the team at the wide receiver position. Has it been business as usual for these players or, uh, you know, for them as well, trying to learn a new system and get acclimated to a new quarterback? I'll say this, and this is, again, no knock on the previous years, but this is the most energized I've seen Mike Evans in a long time. He has just been an absolute dominant force in training camp so far. Um, the cool thing about this new offense is that it's not going to just be best on best squad and beat your man. They're going to be moving these guys a lot. Mike's going to be in the slot. He's going to be on the opposite side of the field. They're moving him all around. Um, and you can see, you know, that extra pep in his step. He's, he's not facing as many double teams working out of the slot, which, you know, as if you've heard him recently in his quotes, you know, he takes himself over anybody, and no one other than Devontae Adams has really seen as many double teams as he has. So for him to be able to get loosened up in this offense and being put in different positions to make plays, I haven't seen Mike Evans look this good in a long time as far as just dominant training camp. Chris Darwin is in a position where he's going to go out and feast, I think. You know, last year coming up, uh, a torn ACL, um, wasn't 100%, had to work his way through 100% through the season. Still ended up with over 100 catches. I think that's likely for him again this year, potentially leading the team in yards as well. They're going to use him on the outside a lot more. Russell Gage was banged up last year a lot, dealing with a hamstring. He started off missing the first three game, uh, three practices. Since he's been back, he's looked you know, uncomfortable at points. I'm just working out of the slot and the outside. There's going to be a lot of movement with these wide receivers, which is going to put them in, in great position. And last year, you got 50 catches for uh, a little over 400 yards and five touchdowns from Russell Gage after missing some time and not being 100%. So if you can get anywhere near that or even tack on a you know, couple extra receptions, extra yards and a touchdown or two, I think you're going to be in a really good position with your three wide receivers. Then they like what they have with the bottom of the roster, too, with a bunch of young guys, depth guys, who um, you know are making their name for themselves so far in training camp. You know, Trey Palmer, Devin Tompkins, and Raheem Jarrett. So. I think they really like the veterans at the top and the rookies at the, and the young guys at the bottom to round out that roster. Arizona State alum Rashad White appears to be the man of running back. What are your expectations for him this year? Yeah, he's looked really good. Uh, he's looked really good. Um, Matt Forte, I'll say, um, just being able to wow. do a lot of the things as a runner. Uh, offensive coordinator Dave Canales has raved about him about his ability 
his rushing ability to feel natural in any type of run fit they're throwing at him. Um, I, I think that, you know, bearing an injury or anything like that, I can definitely see him over, up over 1,000 yards. Um, in the receiving game, probably around 500, 500 yards, if not more. Um, I think he's going to be a uh, dual threat back who his pass protection has certainly picked up over the offseason as well, something that he worked on. He's a three-down back. Now, I don't know if they'll utilize him as a three-down back just to kind of preserve him and keep him fresh, but it's definitely something he can do. I'm expecting a big year out of Rashad White, and uh, he looks really, to quote Dave Canales, natural in this offense, and you can just see the way he moves and the way he has patience, vision, and, and that burst of speed he can possess. J.C. Allen, pewterreport.com here on KDOS AM 1060. I know it's just training camp practices and we'll know more in the preseason and to the start of the season, but you mentioned offensive coordinator Dave Canales here. His background mostly, most recently helping Geno Smith in Seattle. Uh, you know, have you learned anything about his style and is it kind of going to be able to put uh, these offensive playmakers who have been good for some time back in positions to excel, kind of helping out the offensive line as well. You know, what can we maybe expect uh, from a Dave Canales uh, offense here with Tampa Bay? Yeah, a lot of movement. I think you saw last year what they did in Seattle um, and what they've been doing around the league. It's kind of that Shanahan, McVay, copycat offensive style. Um, It's very player-friendly on offense. So it's quarterback-friendly to get the ball out quick, get these guys, the wide receivers, in a position where they can make a play and get open, separate, be able to, to make quick catches, and then turn them upfield for that extra yards after the catch for running backs. Um, and the offensive line as well, you're not necessarily dropping back 60 times a game, which is what they did a lot. It's a lot of horizontal movement around uh, on the offensive linemen, getting guys to move one way and then for the running back cutting it back the other way to get a big gain. Um, so I, the tight ends are heavily involved. Last year, the tight ends in uh, Seattle had over combined had over 100 catches, 2,000 yard receivers. Um, I think Kenneth Walker had over 1,000 yards rushing last year as a rookie. And, and I think this offensive line here that they have in Tampa is certainly better than anything we've had over the years in Seattle. We've all heard the complaints coming from Russ and the murmurs around the league uh, about the offensive line they they built in Seattle. So I think. Um, this offense is going to be able to put these players in, in a good position to go out there and execute um, and, and move the ball in a positive way. So, you know, that and the energy he brings, the excitement that he brings, have, have certainly rubbed off. I'm actually working on a piece right now. Pretty much every offensive player that we've asked is, has just had glowing reviews. And same thing with head coach Todd Bowles about the energy, about the excitement, about the, um, the offense is very friendly to everyone's kind of skill set on that team so this kind of leads into my next topic a little bit here you know they they've the buccaneers have had you know solid strong offensive line play on both sides of the ball in most recent seasons until last year when the offensive line obviously had tons of injuries really from the start of camp what are you expecting from the offense and defensive lines this season yeah so ryan jensen is still yet to participate in 11 on 11 practices um, he's out there doing team drills and they'll do the walkthroughs but when it comes to live you know 11 on 11 action he hasn't been out there and i think that's just a, a way of kind of easing him back into it i mean he had uh, a very huge injury that he was able to miraculously make it back to the playoff game uh, but if you want to take it slow with him but i think he's not going to skip a beat um he brings that enforcer level out there tristan works is a big move right moving from right tackle where he was an all pro to left tackle and to be honest, he's been extremely smooth and fluid out there. 
if you didn't know he wasn't a left tackle his whole career, you probably wouldn't have known it. But, um, you know, he, he's looked really good. They brought in Matt Filer over from the Chargers, big body. One big thing that stands out uh, about this offensive line, these are all really big guys. But they're big guys who can move, um, and, and they've got good athleticism to them. The right side's a question mark, and I, I can see where a lot of people are kind of like, well, what's going on over there? They've got Cody Moss, who they drafted in the second round, former left tackle um, at North Dakota State, making his move over to right guard, which is, as we know, opposite side of the line and a position switch from the outside to the inside. Um, so far, the Buccaneers have been thrilled with what they've seen out of him. Um, he's had some instances where he's gotten beat, as most rookies will, you know, getting caught up. When, when you get beat a Bay lining up against across from you, you know, he can give you some picks. So he's had some struggles a little bit here and there, just kind of getting it. For the most part, he's held his own um, as a rookie starter, making that transition. And then Luke Jedeke, their second-round pick last year, who was a right tackle in college, made the move to left guard, struggled a little bit early on, got replaced midseason, finally came back at the end of the game and had to start a game at right tackle. And, uh, you know, it was one of his best games of, of, of the season. They decided to move him back the right tackle. He's looked really good, too. He's one of the strongest guys on the team. Um, the biggest thing and most interesting thing is they they haven't rotated anybody out. Um, they said, these are our five guys. We want to bring the chemistry and build that camaraderie between them into the season. So, you know, They've had some struggles. They've had some up and downs, but at the same time, I think the Buc- Buccaneers are really pleased with where they're at. Uh, they're improving on a daily basis. They're getting better. It is probably the biggest question mark on on the offensive line and, and one of the biggest question marks on the team right now, along with a few other ones. Um, but so far, I think it's in a better place than where many people thought it might be. J.C. Allen, PewterReport.com right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point, talking all things Buccaneers. Flipping this on over to the defensive side of the ball, at the linebacker positions, you still have Devin White, you still have Levante David, you still have Shaq Barrett. Uh, But overall, as a whole, with this defense, is there a good mix of older and younger talent to stay competitive on the field, or how do you assess where this defense is at? Yeah, so I think the defense, it definitely infused a lot of defensive talent on this team, started going back to last year's draft with Logan Hall and Zion McCollum, uh, their defensive lineman in the second round, and then their fifth-round pick cornerback, Zion McCollum. Um, on the defensive line, you got Vita Bay, who's coming off an incredible season, six-and-a-half fast. He hasn't missed him. He actually cut his hair, so he probably added a little bit of speed to his to his game there. Um, and then Kalaja Kansu was their first-round pick this year. Unfortunately, suffered a calf strain, but looks like he'll be good to go for week one. Um, and the noticeable difference with him is his speed, his ability to split double teams again in the backfield. That's been super noticeable before his injury, and I think that's going to be a, a huge factor with him, Vita Bay and Logan, Logan Hall on the line. They have a couple other guys that brought great games from, from the Rams in here who has shown surprising good athleticism. They'll be a backup, and they brought Will Golston back. So they've got a good complement of young guys and old guys on that, on that defensive line. The linebackers, you mentioned Devin White. He's back. He spoke in the media today, kind of put the trade request in behind him. They're ready to just kind of go out there and ball out. He's been working on his, his dropbacks and coverage. And, you know, he's looked really fluid. He had a really big practice the other day with two sacks. Levante David is the most underrated linebacker probably in the league right now and steady as they come. Jack Barrett, surprisingly after tearing his Achilles, came back for the first day of practice and has looked pretty good in pads. Still hasn't lost that speed that, you know, you worry about with Achilles pairs. He's still showing that. Joe Triumphshank is in a big year. Um, he's essentially in a contract year in his fourth year because, you know, you want to – he's got the fifth-year option, but if they don't, 
see the jump in his third year, they're not going to pick that up. So he's, he knows what's at stake. He knows what he needs to do. And he's looked pretty good as well. A couple of draft picks they got, Yaya Diaby um, and Jose Ramirez. These guys look like they're going to be able to make an impact um, day one in a rotational role, uh, just being able to get after the quarterback with their pressure. Uh, Devontae Dennis, the linebacker they picked up in the fifth round, um, he's been really one of the highlights of this rookie class. Uh, that really kind of focused on character, work ethic. He's come down with uh, four interceptions so far, two pitch fixes. And one of the biggest things about questions marks around him was how is he in coverage? Because if you look, um, if you look at his tape, he had six, six or seven sacks last year in in pitch. And you know, speaking to his linebacker coach, he said, "Hey, he was one of our best blitzers, so we utilized him that." But when he drops back in coverage. And if that's that, you guys will be surprised. And that's been one of the biggest surprises so far of campus, his ability to drop back in coverage, diagnose. He's a perfect mixture of Levante, David, and Kevin White. Okay, last thing for me, Todd Bowles is a former Cardinals defense coordinator for Bruce Arians. He does have a losing record as a head coach with the Jets and the Buccaneers. Also, general manager Jason Light has a Cardinals background. What must the uh, Buccaneers do this season for Bulls to return next season? And is Light on the hot seat? Uh, Jason Light is nowhere near the hot seat. If anything, he's sitting on a block of ice right now. They love what Light's been able to do. They love you know, the way they've built this team. As far as Todd Bulls, I know there's a lot of talk about is he on the hot seat? Is he... But what people don't realize about Bulls is that when he took over this team last year, it was March 30th. Free agency has already started. Um, he had no time to put together his own his own staff or anything like that, make any changes. He kind of had to ride out the team he was given. So this year, he got his own staff in place. Uh, we've already seen we've mentioned you know Dave Canales and some of the other guys they brought in and Skip Heat as well in the running backs and Edwards as the um, linebacker coach. Uh, you can already see the difference in some of these guys as well. But this year he was he was dealt with another big blow, and that's the Tom Brady dead cap hit. So still not being able to put together a team that he wanted to. If everything blows up and implodes, you know, um, and, and he's largely responsible for it, uh, one of the biggest knocks on him is his in-game management, right? If he can't overcome those issues, you know, you know, calling uh, timeouts in opportune times or, or missing them or, um, you know, just not trusting his defense, uh, just game management overall, um, then there could be a situation where he is let go. Uh, but if they're competitive, if the games they lose are close games, if they end up with another 8-9 and nine kind of record, um, th- then I think they bring him back for another year and uh, give him another shot. But it's going to definitely certainly be interesting to see how this plays out. But, you know, the Glazers love Todd. Uh, Jason Light loves Todd. The players love Todd. Uh, he still has command of that locker room. So he's lost that. Uh, it's just some things he needs to tighten up on himself in terms of in-game management. And, uh, again, just dealing with these two off-seasons that have really kind of been unfair to our, to our head coach that's usually taking over our team. JC, as always, we appreciate the time. Look forward to catching up with you down the road. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure coming on talking football with you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, and have a great rest of the day. He's JC Allen there from pewterreport.com.